Uh, Dan, you were a chef. I now, was. 14 how, how years. Was that? <laughs> 14 <laughs> years as a chef. Talk yeah. about that and um, what led to your decision to become a plasterer, moving from being a chef to becoming a plasterer. What led to that decision? So when I first left school, I actually started off working for a damp-proofing company when I was 16. And I, I quite enjoyed it, but long story short, I fell out with the guy that was teaching me. Um, he was quite nasty, so I thought, oh, every plaster is going to be the same, don't fancy this. Um, back then, it was, it was always quite hard to, to start a new career. So I started washing up in the kitchen, just out of like necessity, to pay rent and stuff, and then... I was um, I was actually planning to go on a catering course, and the head chef said, "Do you want to do you want to start here? Do you want to start picking up how to cook?" And I thought, "Yeah, that's a good career." Um, went from there, and then I quite enjoyed it. But I think the work-life balance as a chef, unless you've done it, a lot of people will say to you, "Oh, that's long hours. Oh, it's this, it's it's continuous. It, you've got to do sixty hours a week just to make bread." You know? Wow. Literally. So you work in Wednesday to Sunday, split shifts, sometimes not even split shifts. You're still in the kitchen all day. Someone calls it sick, got cover for them. It's just... So then I thought, well, I've had enough of this and I wouldn't mind going back to plastering. Um, so I went, went to college at the tender age of 31. Um, learned absolutely nothing. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, I awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I, you couldn't even you couldn't even write it. The things that they teach you. Um, but yeah, so I was, also, I was having a talk with uh, Rich Welfare yesterday about um, apprenticeships, because Coventry College, where where I lived, they've actually just lost their rights for apprenticeships. They've just been basically shut down for, for being incompetent because. Uh, yeah. It, honestly, mate, it was piss poor. I'd, I'd have lads turning up to college and the tutor just wouldn't turn up or he'd turn up pissed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, you're paying for these lads to go. You, you sort of pay them for that uh, fifth day of day release. You're paying them a day's pay. Fair enough, it's not a lot of money. But you're still paying them nevertheless. And they're turning up and the tutors aren't even turning up half the time. Yeah. So if, and it, clue, yeah. No, and they were teaching them, you know, how to one coat. Um, it was just everything was wrong about the training, so it's sad, really. But hopefully, well, the, thing is, the, pro the problem that I found when I was at college was they were teaching you like prehistoric methods of plastering, they were teaching yeah. you how to scrim with the old cotton scrim, you know, that you put some <laughs> down cement. And I'm stood there and I'm like, I thought I can't see that in any Travis Perkins. Why, why are we using that? And yeah, that's yeah. just how we do it. That's the old traditional way. <laughs> Are you and still using cotton scrim, Marcus? Norfolk? Are you guys in Norfolk still using the cotton scrim? I'm taking a lot of it out. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said earlier that you, you're a few years behind in Norfolk. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> oh, also, also putting boards up with, with the old, old style, literally hammer and nails. I said to the bloke, I said, are we not using, are we, are we not using drills? He's like, no, hammer and nails. And I'm like, right. So that's, that's how far behind. And that, I was learning that in Nottingham when I was living in Nottingham. Yeah. So that's how, and I was paying for that course as well. Four grand a year. 
Wow. It's, yeah, it was quite Because cool. obviously being um, over 19, you have to fund it yourself. And was it, was yeah. this evening yeah. classes then? What I was doing it on my days off was working. Yeah, it was literally on my days off, Monday, Tuesday, um, in the kitchen. It was it was that have have the morning off, go to college, same on Tuesday, back to work Wednesday to Sunday. Wow! So whilst whilst I was doing that, I was so determined to be a plasterer because a lot of people said I wouldn't be. A lot of the chefs I was working with were like, "You ain't gonna make it." Why? No. How's that gonna make you? Da, da, da. You can't do it. And actually, I took I took a lot from people doubting me. I thought, you know what? I will be a plasterer. Um, so did you then, manage? Did, did you manage to get in with a, a local spread to teach you properly, or was it a case of you just start to sort of teach yourself these modern methods? At the time, at the time, I wanted to go on with a firm, but I wanted to kind of like clarify that I wanted to be a plasterer. So that's I was using college as something to give me a bit of fire. And when I was yeah. going to college, I was like, yeah, yeah I like this. So I didn't want to go in. I didn't want to go into a firm, get kicked around, bullied, and da, 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 da. So I just wanted to just get the fire, and I knew I had it. So then I started bringing firms around. Um, didn't really get far with the firms until I got hold of one guy, and it just all went from there. My career just went boom. He was like, "Yeah, I'll take you on." You know, so I was I was kind of quite lucky. I found the right person at the right time. Right, and now you've you've gone self-employed and started your own plastering business a, f a few years on. How's yeah. that going? Well, so when I was learning how to be a plasterer, it was up in Nottingham. I come back to Bath, and then I was like, I'm just going to go on my own. And bear in mind, I've not lived in Bath for a long time. So although I knew people, no one knew I was a plasterer. So it was basically like turning up in the city going, I'm a plasterer. You know, yeah, and it's it's really hard. So you're invisible. Go and self-employed. Yeah, go yeah, and yeah. self-employed. It it is it is quite hard, but I'd say it's the best thing I've ever done. Brilliant. And Marcus, is does this journey sound like yours, or was was did you have a similar experience where you got fed up of the hours, looking for more flexibility, maybe earn a bit more money, and just you just jump ship? Or was, was your story well, yeah, different? I mean, I, I was in the print trade before I was a plasterer. Um, right. And I'd done that pretty much from leaving school um, and learned quite a lot in there. I was earning really good money, but I was bored of it. And um, I tried to leave and they wouldn't let me leave because I had so much knowledge. So then I then went to manage the warehouse and uh, did all right at that, made it quite profitable. Um, and then, yeah, just... It, you know, things happened there which I can't really go into, but I ended up leaving and then um, my wife owned a preschool at the time and a lot of her families had different trades as, you know, people with young families can probably test to. Um, and one of the guys, he did a bit of property maintenance and that and I went and helped him um, for a bit. And then I just wanted to do a bit more than labour, so... He was one of these multi-trades, but not very good at any of them. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, <laughs> so one of the things he couldn't do was plaster. So I went to the job centre. I was getting JSA at the time, Job Seekers Allowance. And then they had this little course, which was really aimed at sort of, I don't know, maybe 18, 19 young people. And uh, it was really designed so that they could 
say that they've been to a training course and then still get the benefits of course um <laughs> so it was um a fire it was three weeks but for four days of practical then you do an exam at the or an assessment at the end of that week for the, what you'd learned so it was um, a week of bricklaying which was just using lime mortar and that um yeah and you had a week of painting and decorating and a week of plastering well bearing in mind that at the time i was 37 and i'd had my own gaff since i was 20 so painting and decorating didn't appeal brick lane was horrible because it hurt my back um and i quite enjoyed the plastering side and so that's how i got into it and then the guy that was running the course he used to take some of the lads out with him on his own jobs and i explained okay. that i wanted to make a bit of a career out of it so he kind of took me under his wing a little bit and i went and helped him do a few things but he doesn't use hawk and trowel so he uses you know like a cork board which is like a, a small spat if you like 12 inches long like a cork he, knife yeah that's it he yeah, used that, yeah, yeah. that with um a tape knife so he dig he dig the gear out of the bucket with a tape knife a four inch tape knife run it along the board and then he put it on the wall or the ceiling do you know what? I've seen a lad a few years ago on on socials doing this, skimming yeah. out skimming out bathrooms with using that method. Yeah, um, and I'll tell you I what, he's they do that in some other countries as well, don't they? They don't. Yeah, have he's as, he's as quick as I can be with a hawk and trowel. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Whatever um, whatever way works for you, I'd say. Well, that's yeah. it. But the only thing I would say with it is he got a lot of nerve damage in his neck from it. Oddly enough, um, right? Just but because he, of the. He, his posture I think it's just the twisting of it all. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. But this this is a guy that didn't even have any um, hop ups. He made them out of scaffold boards. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, Marcus, when you joined Trial Talk, I've I've sort of been watching your progression. Yeah. Over the last few years, and um, you've come on like leaps and bounds because a lot a lot of what you've done is self taught, isn't it? So you've picked yeah. up the basic skills. I did, and then yeah, you've right. absorbed all this information and video content and whatnot from YouTube and everywhere, yeah. social, and you've refined, because I've, I've seen a ceiling that you've skimmed like three years ago, and then one you've skimmed last week, and it's like night and day, you finish finished yeah. now with 100% bang on, so yeah. what, what sort of advice, like, you're in uh, Dan's shoes, but a few years down the line, yeah, you've built your brand, building your brand, you're busy, um, you've built a solid reputation in Norfolk um, and you've come into the game later on and you're doing well. Um, yeah. What advice and tips would you offer down to Dan um, to help him? Because he said he's a bit quiet. It's January. There's a lot of us mm -hmm. that are quiet at this time of year. How do you keep busy and what, what would you say are the things that have helped you, Marcus? Okay, so consistency is really important and, and by that <clears throat> that's in everything so that's down to your branding that's down to your timekeeping it's it's ev everything it's really it's really important to be consistent really so you know if i'm i'm never late to a job ever i'm never late to an appointment and if i am going to be late then i'd rather postpone it you know what i mean um yeah. Or just give them the heads up, a little text oh, message. Give them the heads up. A few, yeah. even, if, even if it's only good, you're going to be five minutes late, I still tell them, you know. I always like to say, so I, I turn up and I do what I say I'll do. And, and I take so much care in their property and protecting it. I spend a fortune, absolute fortune on carpet protectors, anything like that. I mean, it's like I'm doing a renovation at the minute for a friend of mine just around the corner. It's a terraced house, much like I live in. And obviously it's bare floorboards, but I'm still putting Proplex down. 
Yeah. You, you, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't dream of skimming with bare floorboards because we all know it's a nightmare to get off and, yeah. and, and the dust transfer is ridiculous. You know, same same in the bathroom. We put fresh 18 mil plywood down. Well, you could scrape that back and it clean back all right, but it just doesn't look very nice. So I put ProPlex on it. You know, yeah, yeah. It's just covering all bases, isn't it? That's it. And, 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 and Lee Fury and, mentioned, um, Lee Fury's actually, we were chatting and he, he commented on, on your prep, on your jobs, because see, yeah. he sees your posts and he said, this guy takes prep to the next level. He's got yeah. integrity. And I said, yeah, he's he's 100%. He, he doesn't leave any stone unturned when it comes to the prep. No, that's and right. On the same way, it only takes a little splash of multi on, on an oak door. Oh, and you've got it, yeah. So, well, I, yeah. you see, I learned off that one. So, I, I did a, but that was when I, I've probably been going about three years, I should think, at the time. And I got in with this developer and he, he had a real posh place. But I, try, I, I went and did it for him. And I literally got a couple of tiny, tiny little spats of, of plaster on his door. That cost me £300. You look, you yeah yeah i replaced yeah. the whole door for him because i didn't know how to get it out and um you know he weren't too bothered but i was bothered i took it really personally so i replaced the door yeah. for him Fair you know and it's just about protecting your brand and your reputation at the end Absolutely. of the day I'd, ra I'd rather take a financial hit than have a negative yeah. review or exactly. exactly. if it takes if it takes you an hour in the morning to set up when, when I'm set up in the morning, I just think, yeah, but look at later on in the day. When you don't have to get on your hands and knees, scraping the floor, washing the floor down, sponge. Exactly. Just lift it up, yeah. sweep it up, put it into the van, see you later. Yeah. So I find in the morning, when you do all the prep, it saves you, if you do all the prep in the morning for an hour, it saves you an hour and a half later on. Uh, Especially yeah. if you're in someone's house and they've got cream carpet. Yeah, you know what and, I mean? then you, and then of course you got, you got the van up as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It all adds on, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but the back so, of Marcus's van—it's like bloody Ramsey's kitchen. There's a there's a, there's a place for every, there's a place for everything. But, um, I've got a few notes here. I'll jump back in in a minute, Marcus. But I've got a few notes here that um, <coughs> might, might help you out, Dan. Um, oh, this yeah. is my twenty-first year now plastering, and. Um, for about 10 years, I ran a small gang, um, which was myself, another spread and an apprentice on and off because they don't last long these days, the apprentices. Um, but I employed them on the books with, uh, with you know, van, holiday pay, pension, the lot. And it over winter months, like you said, November, December, January, it can, it got tough, got really, really tough. And, and I used to hit volume, so I'd have to get a lot of jobs done <clears throat> in a 12-month period to make it pay and to be able to put bread on the on the table. So I was guaranteeing these lads their wages every week. So some years I was doing like 75 jobs a year, which were like small domestics, like bathrooms, kitchens, lounges, ceilings, plaster repairs. That's almost two jobs a week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were smashing out a fair bit of domestic work. Um, and that was, it was good, but there's, uh, there's pros and cons to, to um, each way that you can earn money, I would say. So I've had different lads on, on the on the podcast. I've had Joel Cook on. He's he's blown up a big business in the past. I've had Rich Wildfare on um, that does very well in business. And I think it's fair to say there's, there's probably three ways where you can earn 
I'd say in the, in the plastering game. And the first one would be volume. So you'll get lads that they'll they'll hire in like a team of um, lads. They'll they'll employ lads, and I'll make a percentage on each lad. And you have to sort of smash out the meters. So you might yeah. get reoccurring work from builders, developers, or construction companies. You know, um, smashing out the meters on site, new build work maybe. So you can earn that way, um, making a little bit off each lad. But I find when I did a bit of that, I was sort of running around like headless chicken, trying to keep the lads busy, and I lost I lost the love for it. So that's why I went yeah. back into the domestic market um, and tried to niche down a little bit. Um, and then the second way is high quality, which is what Marcus does, and which is what I do now, where the emphasis is on quality, trust, reliability, um cleanliness and it's about in the domestic market it's a it's about getting winning that trust of the customer yeah so they'll go here's my house keys there's the kettle yeah. there's the power there's the water I'm, I'm off to work and they're leaving you with their biggest investment and their fucking pet dog who they love and they're off and they're leaving you to it and they trust you that to yeah. get that that's a different game that that's a it's a different animal to smashing out the meters on site and you I can think, name your price. I think, I think I think the trust is probably the most important thing. Hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know the, what what you can do for the wall or the or the ceiling is kind of an aside. It's the absolute trust that they have, and, and 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 from that, that's where I get all my work from because they trust me. They'll then refer me or recommend me to a family member or to a friend or or even somebody they've never met. You, you, you know what I mean? They'll. They'll, they'll do that for you and, and and they'll do that in the confidence that you'll do the same in that person's house and and so yeah. that's why you know i know i've said it before but I, I don't i don't advertise i don't need to advertise yeah okay i live in a small town but i do work further afield than that you know and yeah it's, it's all about trust and reliability and 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 just you know being fair as well but but trust is huge absolutely massive huge. It, it comes back to what you said earlier, Marcus. Do what you said you're going to do. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. If if you say I'll be there on the, you know, I'll be there the second of February at eight o'clock, and you rock up on the third of February at nine o'clock, you've broken that trust because now that you know, you've you've created uncertainty for the for the customer. That's it. So you, well, you, you have to yeah. do. Sorry, Quick Dan. Question to you. Sorry, mate. After you. Yeah, it's just it was just to reiterate what Marcus said on do what you said you're going to do. Um, if you're looking to win the trust of, of the customers, and that has to run through your brand, your marketing, yeah. your communications, your work. Obviously, you've got to turn out high quality work. You can't just blag it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, sorry, sorry, Dan, you crack on. No, I was just going to quickly ask Marcus a question. Um, yeah, yeah. So because you're, because you're quite meticulous in all your prep and all your setup, does that give you an option? to charge a lot more or not even so much a lot more just quite a bit more uh yeah it does i mean so i'll ch- any floor coverings that i've got to do i charge the customer for yeah yeah, yeah but like with the proplex it's it's a sod because obviously yeah you can reuse it but it's a ball like having to sort of store it again so i yeah. i usually go in with the line like i did this week and I said, look, I'll, I'll leave it. I've charged you for it, so you can keep it for your painting and all of that sort of stuff. And they love it. You know, yeah. tell them it's recyclable. Fortunately, on there, it tells you that you can recycle it. So they keep hold of it, and and, and that's it. Now, the self-adhesive carpet protector, obviously, you can't do that, but I still charge them for it. Yeah. You know, 
Um, but there's that not actually costing you anything. It's costing them money. It's just costing you more time. That's yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't use the cheap brand either, but that's because I use an applicator. So I use a brand called Packex, um, yep. and that comes in around about seventy quid for a hundred meters. But you know, I, I don't worry about that. I still charge them for it. Yeah. Um, even if I don't use a full roll, I charge them a full roll. You know what I mean? It's the same with your skin tape. You know, all um, of that sort of thing. Just charge them for a full, the full amount. And they don't yeah. when I do my invoices, I, I don't just do materials is X amount of pounds. It's all itemized. It's all broken down. They can see exactly what they're paying for. And that's even with me adding 30 or 40 percent on top of it. You know, now, yeah, they can go and do their own homework and look online and, and see what the prices are. But I don't I don't mind about that because actually very few probably do. I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years that way and I've never had anybody go oh excuse me i can buy multi-finish for seven pound from home base or whatever you know what i mean yeah um, so dan i'd say you have to charge more money in the in the domestic market yeah 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 you have People to expect you. yeah but you think right. about it like this think think of this right if you worked for a builder how much would he be prepared to pay you a day let's what 200 quid maybe if he had a big project um, he might be able to pay you 250 a day, maybe, if it was in a, well, you know, a nice down, area. Down in Bath, it's quite expensive. So I think minimum a plasterer, even a half-decent plasterer, is 200 a day, yeah. going up to about 240. But that's what the that's what so, the builder will pay. But when you think about yeah. this, who's won the job? The builder with yeah. his marketing. Who, who's responsible for the job? The builder. Yeah. Um, if anything goes wrong, who's who? who's answerable the builder so he's sort yeah. of um marketeer a uh, project manager um yeah he's micromanaging all the trades he's got a supply of the materials so he's he's not just a guy on the tools and and when you move in so he, he isn't going to pay a plaster of 200 a day 200 a day and earn 200 a day himself he's going to obviously right. want more because he's spinning more plates so when yeah, you yeah. move into the domestic market as a spread you've got to cover all those bases yourself you're not just the plasterer on the tools. You're you're basically running the show. And if anything goes to talk, it's coming out of your wallet and you're going back to put it right. That's what I'm slowly uh, learning. Yeah, and all this time marketing, converting leads, driving around looking at jobs, um, you know, typing up emails at midnight, that has to be accounted for. You can't just go yeah. on the tools and say 200 a day. Um, it's all right if you've got six months run of work on site, and a builder's paying yeah. you that but if you're in a domestic market you can't you have to charge for all these other roles that you're playing that's that's the way i would uh, try and, and so, frame it so say just just to like clarify say you're saying what you just said 200 pound a day just for the plaster inside of things what would you then charge for all the quoting for all the invoicing for all the marketing what would what would you kind what, of what, would you, what you'd have to do what you'd have to do You'd have to look at all the hours you're putting in over, say, a month. Look at it and then look at your earnings for that month and break it up and say, do, th do those earnings reflect the hours I've thrown into my business? Every hour, even if it's a phone call, driving around, looking at jobs or sending an email, yep. that's all business tasks, isn't it? And without you, you doing those tasks, your business doesn't run. So you'd, you've yep. got to then decide how much do I need each hour that I'm putting in? Because you'll find that 200 quid, it's not even going to keep the wolf from the door. When you look at it, you'll probably be earning minimum wage when you look yeah. at it like Take that. Take away fuel, take exactly. away 
so many other things. Yeah. So and if you want, if you want six weeks holiday a year, um, you ain't getting yeah. paid for them to six weeks. So yeah. at some point, you got to start thinking. I need to be banking bits of money for when I'm not working, so I've got yeah. something to live off. And that's yeah. where you've got to get the day rate up. You know. Yeah. So would would you would you say on that basis to like map out an hourly rate? So say you're on two hundred a day. What does that work out as? For for quid an hour? No. No. Twenty five. How many, yes, how many hours are we talking? It depends eight on how we're Because I, I, I work from like half eight till three, something so like that. 200 divided by eight, it comes in at 25 quid an hour. Yeah. So, so then, say an hour driving to and fro, let's say that's nine hours then. So every, every hour, you've just added 25 on top. Yeah. There is that. I mean, you can do it that way. I, yeah. I personally, I don't. I don't. All I do is, is I just charge my rate for, for the day's work. Anything to do with quoting or anything like I don't charge for. But then that said, my daily rate for the work that I do will cover it. You see, that's that's the thing. I've never actually worked it out, to be truthful. But it's like that ceiling I showed you, Stu, this week, you know, yeah. that I went and did. I priced that off. That was an 18 square meter ceiling. It was an Artex ceiling with a little bit under the stairs. It was, it was in a terrible state. It really was. But I quoted that off, off um, some pictures before Christmas. I'd never seen it. And that was the first time I'd done it. Because you remember, Steve, we put that, you put that out there, didn't you, about quoting off pictures. That was last year. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll give it a try. So I give it a try. I, I put a price in of £650 for 18 square meters of Artex ceiling, right? Yeah. That, was, that was all in. So that included the materials and and beads and things like that. And I turned up and I saw that ceiling. And as I said to you, Steve, I was done by two o'clock for yeah. 650 quid. You yeah. know, and you'll, get, you'll get some spreads, maybe in central London or other areas, and they'll go, I would have charged 800. But, oh, then, you'll get, but then you'll get other spreads in different go parts of the country and say, I would, I would have skimmed that for 170 quid. Yeah, mm. and it, it's it's like it's it's about thinking. You know, how, when do when do I want to retire? Um, you know, how much money am I going to be able to save up for that three week holiday that I'm having in the summer? Because we've got this idea that if I, if I earn X amount working for Joe Blogs, if I can earn that same amount being self employed, I can pay my bills. But you're not yeah. factoring in all these other things that are eating away yeah. at your earnings. A lot of it depends you know I mean? on your lifestyle as well, though, Stu. Do, do you know what I mean? Oh, got, yeah. You, yeah. You've got, you've yeah. got to be careful because there, there are some people that have very expensive lifestyles. And, of course, they need to have the income to support that. Well, see, True, I, live yeah. quite, I live quite frugally. We, you know, we don't have a lot going out. I don't live on credit. I, you know, all of the stuff that I buy at, at the local builders merchants, I buy out of, my, out of my money. I don't I don't have credit accounts or anything like that. So it's you know you just got to be a bit careful because we see it all the time on trial talk people saying oh you want 200 you want 240 you want 300 quid a day yeah. you want 180 a day well actually that it's irrelevant <laughs> what what but, the truth is is if, if your yeah. lifestyle only needs 200 pounds a day for five days a week you know a thousand pounds a week well then fine no worries you know what i mean it it, mm. it boils down to your uh your outlook doesn't it yeah, and definitely. What you, want, what you want from life, and yeah. ultimately, ultimately, forget what we think. The market will weed out 
um, anybody that doesn't add value for the price they're charging. So if yeah. you went in, for example, if you priced up 10 jobs and they all said, no, we're not interested, just too much. You've got to then go back and rethink and think, well, nobody's accepting my prices. I'm, you know, something, there's something wrong. Do you know well, what I mean? But, and if you're, if you're winning every single job and they're saying, yeah, great, when can you start? You're going in too cheap. Yeah. So yeah. It's, the, it's finding that balance where, you know, it's a sweet spot, isn't it? You don't want to be coming across as you're ripping people off and charging stupid money. But at, at the mm. same time, you can't charge, if you don't charge enough money, you're out of business. So yeah. it's finding that balance, there's, isn't it? There's, it's nothing really worse. there's nothing worse than sending a quote over and within two seconds they accept it. Like, oh, yeah. But sometimes that's not to do with the price. That can just be because they like you as a person. True, so yeah. yeah. Often often I've I've won a job before I've even got there. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, and, yeah. That's, it's I think not that's, down that's the important. That's the yeah. importance of going in person because same as you, Marcus. If I go there in person, I think I've got a 95% success rate because I yeah. just kill them with kindness. And I think they feel comfortable with me being in their house. Yeah. So, and that's, that's, that's where video that's marketing Yeah. That's where video marketing will come in because you can create that trust and, and that certainty before you've met them by yeah. creating videos and having, I mean, I've got like 135 star reviews. That are built up yeah. over nine years across like four platforms online, all free. And yeah. you know that today people aren't just going to phone a plaster and go, "Yeah, come around." They're going to mm. research you. They're going to go on your yeah. personal Facebook page to see whether you're, you know, a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to check all your reviews to see if you've got any negative reviews, and then they'll call you up. So that that trust that you're on about, where you say, "If I go around there in person." I can charm them and win them over. You can do that before you've even left the house because mm. yes, you can definitely. do it virtually through videos. You can create that that brand and that trust. That's what Joel Cook does through his uh, YouTube videos. People will phone him and say, look, I feel like I know you because I've yeah. been watching yeah. your videos yeah. for years. Um, I can see well, you're a trustworthy guy and you can win them over that way. That's something that we're going to learn from Craig. But, I mean, just, just speaking to you now, I mean, you, you saw me last week when we was on that Zoom meeting with Craig. I was a bag of bones shaking. I was nervous, so nervous. Yeah. But now, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was just like stuttering. But now this feels quite normal to me. Like we're just having like a little catch up around the pub. It's just quite easy exactly. now. But so it's, it's, that, it's, it's that fear zone, isn't it? Like, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is because, do you know what? I'm I'm sat there and I'm telling all my mates, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm on trial talk tomorrow morning. And they're all laughing. And I'm like... They're going to be taking piss out of me, but do you know what? I don't. I don't care. It's like, <laughs> yeah. You're not. You're not selling, you're not selling to them, are you? you, you exactly. Exactly. It's and, and I think it's speaking to you guys, someone that's been in the game so long, to like not worry about what all your friends and family think, and just they're not your target audience. That's not who you want. Looking at your uh, all your videos and stuff. So exactly. Right. Um, Lads, it's five past seven, and we're all we're all on the tools today. So um, yeah. I think we need to start thinking about wrapping up. Marcus, yeah. Any last comments? And I'll drop in a couple of questions that I've had um, um, just at the end. Any any last tips for Dan? Make sure you wear shorts and shave your legs like I do. <laughs> what in sunny Norfolk? <laughs> yeah, mate. I wear shorts all year round. It's really important. You'll win loads of work that way. I promise you. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen my chicken legs, have you? 
Yeah. <laughs> now, if you're a bit quiet, Dan, um, I'm always harping on about leveraging the free platforms like Google Business Profile, uh, Free yep. Index, jump onto TikTok and YouTube. Like you said, you, you're pushing past that discomfort now. So you could jump on these so free platforms. So just, just a quick one, a real quick one. When you're saying like TikTok and stuff, what sort of content are you talking? Like, I'll, is I'll, it an introduction? Hi, I'm Dan from DSP Plastering. Or is it showing of like a, a room that I've just skimmed? Or is it, I don't know. Pro- you're problem solving. Problem solving. So everyone that yeah. phones you, they've got a problem. My, yeah. my ceiling's collapsed. Um, I've took the wallpaper off. The, plas- the skim coat's pulled off with the wallpaper. My house is cold. Can you can you quote us from some insulation board? I've got uh, damp on this wall coming through. So they've got a pain point, and you, with your videos, you need to jump on and basically um, <clears throat> prod at them pain points, and yeah. just basically say, "Look, this is the pain point, and this is what I've done to fix the problem." And you're just yeah. demonstrating it through video, and it only has to be yeah. a minute or two minutes. But they'll I think you're right there because in, they'll watch it and go, "Oh." I mean, I've just had a lead through for, for uh, a cold uh, bay window, for example, because they've seen on my TikTok that I was insulating a bay window. So whatever work you want to do or you feel in your area there's a need for, you just jump onto TikTok and keep firing off short videos based around that service and people will yeah. see it and they'll phone you up. It works. Well, really that, goes, yeah. that goes for the same for sort of honing your skill. That's how I've done it. So, you know, I've been a bit, not sad, but I've watched videos. That's how me and you got to know each other, Stu. You know what I mean? You see yeah. videos on YouTube and things like that. And that's where I've learned how to do things and thought, ah, if I do that, that's a much better way. You know, like I put up on Child Talk about that thing that Joel said with the hammer. You know, I've been, I've yeah, been yeah. in older houses for years. Yeah. And my yeah. method before that was to run along with the drill until it went in. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then all of a sudden you learn about about the length of a hammer being the width of the joist. And they're like, bloody hell, that yeah. works every time. It is. You know? These little tips, are, they're invaluable. Exactly. But that, that's, yeah. exactly, it's the same with, that's exactly what you're saying with the homeowners is, you know, you, put, you present something and they'll pick up on whether that's what they need or not. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't they? Yeah. You know? So that, that's the key.